Welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we're going to preview the West Regional for TBT's 2017 tournament. This is going to be a great regional. I'm looking forward to going to it myself. It's going to be in Las Vegas. And to help us preview this regional, we've got Josh Brown and Jake Pavorsky. Jake, let's start with you. How are you doing? I am doing excellent, Dan. Ready to break down this West region that I think is probably one of the deepest regions in TBT, if not the deepest region. Uh, Jay, uh, Josh, how about yourself? Doing well, Dan. I'm jealous that I won't be with Jake and yourself out in beautiful Vegas. I'll be in Peoria, also a, a beautiful uh, location for TBT, but definitely jealous I won't be out in Vegas with you guys. Yeah, it's really going to be a tale of two cities. You know, you've got the glitz and the glamour of Vegas, and you've got kind of like what I would presume without having been there is sort of the the grit and the hard-edged of uh, nature of Peoria. Uh, both regions are going to be dynamic. As uh, Jake just mentioned, though, I do think that the talent level, especially at the top end out in the West, is really going to be something to see. So here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to go through these uh, games in the chronological order that they're going to be played, starting with the 9 a.m. Pacific time game, uh, which is basically uh, an incredible matchup, a 5-12 matchup. It's hard to believe this is a 5-12. Team 23, 2015 finalist, uh, featuring a TBT hero, Davin White, against the 12th-seeded Pedro's Posse, which Pedro's Posse made the Super 16 last year. Uh, kind of the same core of guys organized by the same people, uh, but really have a lot of really top-end talent now on Pedro's Posse. Uh, Josh, your initial thoughts on this 5-12 matchup of Team 23 versus Pedro's Posse? Yeah, I think Pedro's Posse could win this game. I mean, um, I think people say, all right, maybe overlook him because, again, Jason Williams and Mike Bibby aren't on the team. But I don't think that's a bad thing for this Pedro's Posse team. I mean, you have Yancey Gates, who's played with Josh Selby and Brothers That Ball, uh, Team BDB. They play, he played with them last year. Everyone knows him if you're a college basketball fan from his days at Cincinnati. Um, you have guys like uh, Keith Clinton, who's going to be a dynamic player for them from Central Florida. And then uh, Brandon Robinson, who's really, I think, maybe one of the most renowned shooters in TBT history. He played for Dirty South. He helped lead them on a far run in TBT in 2015, the South Regional Championship game. And then he was on train to go, and he hit the game-winning shot over the Bluff City Blues when they upset them in that 8-1 matchup in the second round in the South Region last year. So they have a lot of guys who, if you look into it, um, maybe you don't know them on the surface. You know, Gates, probably the uh, exception there. But they're really good players. They play well together. Uh, you know what Team 23 is going to give you. They're kind of, um, you know, we talked about Peoria being grit. Team 23 is kind of the gritty team of the West region. Uh, they get down to business. They like to bang the ball down low. And then, you know, you can obviously kick out to Davin White, who's a great shooter. Uh, Alex Scales as well, really dynamic guard for them. So, um Again, we, if you listen to the Midwest podcast, we mentioned it a lot. Even matchup, it really wouldn't surprise me either way. I think the experience that Team 23 has will probably carry them over the edge, but Pedro's posse between Gates, Robinson, uh, and all the guys they have, they're really a dynamic team, team in their own right. Jake, is that how you see this one too? Yeah, I do. You know, it's funny. You mentioned that Pedro's posse is kind of shifting you know, how they play their team. Obviously, when you lose Mike Bibby and Jason Williams, it's tough to sort of replicate what they can bring to the team. But uh, GM Juan Bernal has sort of done a good job of, of shifting the identity of the team as a whole from going to be, you know, guard heavy, uh, you know, to being like a dominant, you know, down low force instead. It, you mentioned Nancy Gates, who spent last year in Israel and played really well. Eric Griffin, who's kind of a, a bigger wing, uh, you know, was an Israeli Premier League All-Star in 2017. And uh, Keith Clayton led the Greek, not only led the Greek League in blocks and rebounds, but also led the Basketball Champions League in rebounds as well. So that is a team that is really sound uh, when you talk about you know defending the low block and uh, and bringing down some boards. But 
I compare this Team 23 team uh, to TBT's version of the Spurs, where you can look at this team and say, you know, man, this team may not have, you know, the standout talent, but every year, you know, they come out and they play really, really well and they make a run that, you know, and surprise some people when they really shouldn't. You know, they're always very well coached. They have Davin White, uh, like we've talked about, who was, you know, the star of that team a couple years ago and will continue to be the star of that team going forward. You know, but you have holders from previous teams like Larry Owens and Andrew Kelly and, and Zach Andrews as well. And as those guys continue to, you know, to play more together and they continue to grow, you know, it's only going to continue to to lead to more deep TBT runs. Uh, so I think, you know, a 5 seed probably isn't fair to them. You know, we talk about the depth of this field in general. This is a great 5-12 matchup. These are, you know, two teams that could very easily be higher seeds. Uh, I'm going to give Team 23 the edge just because of the advantage that they've had uh, playing in previous years as well as just how how uh, well they flow together. Uh, but this is going to be a fantastic game, and it's a great way to start off our West region. The thing that really um, is going to be interesting here, guys, is that both teams, I'm not going to reveal names yet, but both teams have told me of guys that they're going to add more or less at the last minute uh, to these rosters, all of whom could be huge difference makers, uh, literally and figuratively for these teams. So I'm really intrigued to see what the teams look like when they actually get on the court uh, for this 5-12 matchup. Dovin White really is a TBT hero uh, and has played incredibly well um, all the times that he's competed in TBT. Had an amazing season with Tenerife this year, winning the inaugural Basketball Champions League uh, over in Europe. Um, one of the guys that you really got to keep your eye on, though, and really a glue guy that they were missing in 2016 was Larry Owens, uh, who was out with an injury uh, for Team 23 in 2016. Where they made their run in 2015, guys, was based on, upon defense. And if they can have that same level of commitment on defense, have as many abilities to get out on the break uh, off of steals and rebounds, I, I think that Team 23 is a team that could make a deep run. Uh, that being said, Pedro's posse is the same thing. I feel like they could make a deep run. They've got some really premier level talent. As you mentioned, Josh, Brandon Robinson has always played well in TBT, whether it was for Dirty South in 2015, trained to go in 2016. He's almost always been the best player uh, and most important player on those teams uh, that have made those runs into the Super 16. So we'll see what happens on this matchup. That's going to be the 9 a.m. Pacific matchup. Uh, between Team 23 and Pedro's Posse. By the way, guys, I haven't mentioned, but all of these games from the regional rounds are going to be streaming live on the ESPN app. So if you're not able to make it in person, you can certainly catch all these games live, streamed anywhere in the world that you can get that ESPN app. The 10.45 a.m. Pacific Time game features the number four-seeded Armored Athlete against the number 13-seeded Pearl 31s. Armored Athlete is a three-time TBT participant. They have a core of Indiana players that have been playing together for the last three years uh, in TBT. Will Sheehy, Christian Watford, and Jordan Hulls. Uh, they've also added some really premier talent, which we'll talk about in a second. The Pearl 31s are a, sec- a two-time TBT applicant, but a first-time TBT participant. Uh, Dwayne Washington Jr., Pearl Washington's son, has organized this team. Narrowly missed out on making it into TBT 2016, but now makes it into TBT 2017 uh, with a core of guys largely from the uh, Pennsylvania area, along with uh, a Syracuse big man, Terrence Robbins, Roberts. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on this 4-13 matchup, the 10-45 game between Armored Athlete and the Pearl 31s? Yeah, a lot of people, uh, in, you'll see our experts' picks on the tournament.com. Well, you already see them at this point uh, that you're listening to this, but they have Armored Athlete going far really high on Armored Athlete, and uh, it's not hard to see why, whether it be the three D-League champions that you mentioned um, between Sheehy, Watford, and EJ Singler. They all won the D-League championship this year up north with Raptors 905 with train-to-go coach um, Mark Hughes. But, you know, they added guys like two Holloway, who um, that's under the 
the radar, one of the biggest signings in all of TVT. I mean, you look what he did uh, in college at uh, people always, this is a big controversy, Xavier or Xavier, I think it's Xavier, um, had a great career at Xavier. Um, am I wrong, Dan? No, you're, I think you're, I mean, I, I would say Xavier. Xavier, okay. Yeah. Um, and he played in Israel this year, and he was one of the best scorers in, in the Israeli league, which has really turned out to be one of the top leagues. And then Julian Gamble as well at Miami. I think he's going to fit in great with that squad. So a lot of people are picking them to go far. They've been a great team. They've been a re- kind of a reliable team. You know they're going to get the job done um, in the early rounds. You know, they have tough matchups. Once you get to the Super 16, maybe, they win. maybe they'll win, maybe they won't. But they'll be um, really a team who they get the job done in the regional round. The Pearl 31s, you know, they do have Kareem Rush on this team who, um, you know, NBA fans will all know him, Terrence Roberts as well. But I do think at the end of the day, armored athlete, too much talent. I think they're going to outlast them and maybe, um, you know, shock a bunch of people and, you know, maybe even win that West Regional crown. Jake, it seems like Pearl 31s are one of these teams that have some guys that, you know, maybe have flown under the radar or maybe don't have the biggest names, but who know how to play basketball. Mike Leander. Uh, being one of them, uh, but also Kareem Rush, Terrence Roberts. This is a really solid team. Yeah, you mentioned Mike Leander, 34 points against Bayheim's Army in the past. You know, has played in some big tournaments, uh, was part of the three-on-three world tour uh, for Team USA. And, and you mentioned, you know, Terrence Roberts is a great guy to steal from Bayheim's Army. It was kind of like the heartbeat of that, that Bayheim's Army team in the past. Uh, who was going to try to continue to his pro career, uh, spend some time in New Zealand with uh, Eric Devendorf before returning home. Uh, the fact that he continues to fight and you know continue his basketball career is, is fantastic, and you have Kareem Rush as well, uh, a great NBA veteran who spent a lot of time uh, in the league, especially with the Lakers, is, wasn't really known for his time there. But yeah, I think you got a lot of guys who have you know a chip on their shoulder who, who want to come out and prove themselves against top tier talent. And you also you know look at what they're playing for. You know Dwayne Washington is hoping to honor his father. You know his. And his legacy, you know, by putting this team together and hoping for for a deep TBT run, and maybe that's kind of all, you know, the confidence and all the motivation you need uh, to sort of put you to that next level when you're playing for something bigger than yourself. Absolutely, that's going to be a great matchup. So again, that's the 10:45 game between the four-seeded Armored Athlete and the 13-seeded Pearl 31s. So after 10:45, guys, our next game is the number eight versus number nine. I said this before when we were in the Midwest about the eight-nine matchup there, but. I might have to take this back. This might be the matchup of the whole first round in TBT. Number eight, Train to Go, versus number nine, Broad Street Brawlers. Uh, the Broad Street Brawlers got in through the Jamboree, are uplo- uh, really uploading a couple of really dynamic players to what they were able to do through the Jamboree. Train to Go, in the meantime, has only ever lost to Overseas Elite, and that's an eight seed. I mean, just unbelievable. But anyways, the 8-9 matchup, Train to Go versus Broad Street Brawlers. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is going to be a great matchup. I really enjoy watching that Broad Street Brawlers team uh, when they were in the Jamboree in Philadelphia. It was a great collection of Philadelphia talent. You know, Dalton Pepper was a steadying force uh, as a shooter. Sam Zaglinski really stepped on uh, a last-minute addition for that team, basically joined the team like one day before their game started uh, and, and really came in big during that Sunday game that helped them clinch that spot. Uh, to get into the final spot in the West Region, uh, Sammy Gibbons is a fantastic undersized big man uh, who spent a, you know a lot of g- good years at Drexel alongside Chris Fouch. Uh, it sounds like all those guys will be out there on the West Coast, and, and they'll be teaming up with a, a bunch of uh, guys from the University of Dayton, former teammates, and Devin Oliver, Deshaun Pierre, and V Sanford, uh, who seem ecstatic to you know to be together again to be able to have that opportunity uh, to play with each other. I believe that Deshaun Pierre is going to be playing summer league uh, with the Toronto Raptors, but luckily for the Brawlers, uh, Summer League is going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be an easy uh, trip for him to get from one game to the other. 
uh, you know, provided that's his plan. And you have, and then you have other guys, too, like Kellen Dunham, maybe the most underrated player in the TBT field this year, a guy with a fantastic career uh, during his time at Butler and, and really should be getting some NBA looks, uh, but instead will be, you know, putting on a show for the Brawlers team in TBT. Uh, I, I will say that the one thing about this Brawler team is that they are a little bit undersized. I know that Peter Alexis is listed at seven feet tall, but he is not seven feet tall. I can tell you that from seeing him in person. Uh, and they're going to be going up against, you know, a team in, in train to go that is going to have a front line of a Sean Tatum, uh, a true seven footer who played at Auburn. Uh, a Brian Harper is another guy with a six ten small forward is what he's listing himself at, uh, which is pretty remarkable. And then you have a lot of, you know, just NBA experience in that team uh, between Damian Wilkins, who's played on this train to go team before, uh, Jamario Moon and Glenn Rice Jr., uh, the son of Glenn Rice, who played at LSU and spent some time in the NBA as well. Uh, a really good team and, you know, made some very solid additions. Uh, Mark Hughes, you know, part of that Raptors 905 team, uh, was an assistant coach on that team that won the D-League title. You know, he's going for a second title this year and uh, looks like his squad is in pretty good shape to do something like that. This train to go team is really great. Broad Street Brawlers are really great. Again, incredible to believe that these are an eight and a nine seeds. Uh, a couple notes about Broad Street Brawlers. It looks like they're going to be missing Christian Burns, who I thought people may disagree with this. I thought he was really one of the best players, if not the best player that I saw in the whole jamboree. He's going to be actually called up to the Italian national team. Although he's an American, he has Italian citizenship and uh, they have some European qualifying going on over there in Italy. So he's been called up for that. So they're going to be missing him. Kellen Dunham, um, People have told me, probably more than five, that this is the guy that they have their eye on as perhaps the best shooter in the entire tournament. Uh, and I think he's going to be kind of pissed off because he got called up to this Orlando Summer League. It sounds like he registered a couple of DNPs. It doesn't seem like he's really getting his chance. And guys like that tend to do pretty, pretty well uh, in TBT. Keep your eyes on Darius Garrett as well, the all-time leading scorer at my alma mater, uh, University of Richmond, on the Broad Street Brawlers. So I think this is going to be a really dynamic matchup between these two teams. Uh, a couple of guys on the um, on the train to go roster that people seem to really be talking about. You mentioned Brian Harper, obviously. Uh, Jamario Moon can still get it done even in his late thirties. Glenn Rice Jr. trying to be, have a bit of a uh, of a comeback. Um, I know he's trying to turn his life around, and you know we'll see how well he does that. And Damian Wilkins, um, I think justifiably uh, feels like he ought to be in the NBA, and and really probably ought to be. Uh, and but for his age, I, I suspect that he probably would be. All right, guys, that's the eight nine matchup. That's our twelve thirty p.m. game. The winner of that game is going to play the winner, and I, maybe this is a lot closer game than we think, guys, between Colorado, the number one seed, and the number 16, Kimchi Express. Josh, who do you have winning this game? I'm going Kimchi. I'm buying hard. Uh, this is the upset story. Field of dreams. This is everything, Dan. I love Kimchi. All in. Um, what's better than Kimchi? They're going to bring a big group of fans to the game. Uh, they're going to play their heart out, and, and they're going to have fun doing it. Um, you know, they, they played a tough game against Team 23. I mean, they scored 80 points. Granted, Team 23 uh, maybe let up a little bit, but, you know, they, they still put 80 points in you know, they still physically had to score the 80 points that they did. And they did just that. I'm buying high on kimchi. Um, you know, good for them entering TBT again. Obviously, um, you know, they know they're coming in as a 16 seed. And they know that they're, you know, going to fall to Colorado at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, you got to love kimchi. And what can you say about Colorado? I mean, a lot of people calling them the deepest team in TBT. It's hard to disagree with that, with what they've added, whether it be, um, you know, Xavier Silas, uh, Christopher Copeland, uh, a couple of the other guys that they've brought on. And you add guys like that, Joshua Scott as well. You add guys like that to Marcus Hall, Relaford, the all-time leading scorer at Colorado, uh, Richard Roby, etc. It's just such a deep and dynamic team that um, it, it's hard to see a team who's going to match us up well with 
them because no one matches up well with them. So uh, I think to beat them, you're just going to have to catch them on an off day because I think they're one of the rare teams who, you know, if you put them on paper with Overseas Elite, they might be a little bit better than Overseas Elite, which is something that you can't really say about um, hardly any other teams in TBT. So um, this is kind of the first step for them in what should be a long, long run for Colorado. Jay, Colorado is another team in the running perhaps for most improved award uh, between 2016 and 2017, which again is astounding considering they were up 20 points in the championship game last year. But adding a guy like Chris Copeland uh, to this team, having Richard Roby available for the full event, uh, adding uh, some of the guys that they have um, to this roster for 2017 really makes Colorado a tough team for anyone to beat, never mind Kimchi. Yeah, I've said this before, and I think this team Colorado team is probably the deepest team in TBT and is still the best chance uh, for overseas lead to be knocked off and for a new champion to be crowned in TBT. I mean, this is just a fantastic roster, you know, from top to bottom. You know, again, checks off every box that you could possibly ask for for this team. Christopher Copeland is a guy with an NBA pedigree, spent a lot of time in the league, and is still playing at a high level in Turkey. Marcus Hall was first team all TBT last year, you know, carried that Colorado team into the deep rounds of the tournament and through to the championship game. You know, Richard Robry, you know, I believe, is the all-time leading scorer in Colorado basketball history. Joshua Scott, you know, is going to be playing summer league. Uh, you know, but that goes to show you the level of player he is, just coming out of Colorado a year or two ago. And to get Xavier Siles to come, you know, out west after spending a couple years playing for that City of Gods team is a fantastic move for them. For them. A lights-out shooter, guy who plays with a little bit of an edge. Uh, definitely one of my favorite teams in, in, in the entire tournament. I've made some calls uh, to some sports books in Las Vegas in preparation for this matchup against Kimchi Express, and I'm told the line currently sits at 42.5 points, and I think I'm going to take Colorado, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, Dan. I'm, I'm going to put like 25 bucks on it and, uh, and let it ride. Well, these kimchi guys are recent students, so we're not going to do anything to promote a line that could potentially be swayed one way or the other uh, for the Kimchi Express. But uh, kimchi guys really is a team that we don't see a lot of in TBT anymore. Uh, it's a group of guys that want to play, they want to compete, and they want to test themselves. I think they know that they're climbing Mount Everest here uh, against uh, Team Colorado, but they've also added some really high-level talent. You know, Brian Goins uh, is a player that was originally on the West Coast Ronin roster. Uh, he has joined forces now with the Kimchi Express. Uh, and then you also have a couple of other guys, guys that have played uh, college basketball. They're going to play really hard, and I think that they're going to do everything that they can to put up a fight. Uh, they are going to have one of the best crowds, I think, of that West Regional out there cheering them on. Uh, but in addition to that, they might have the best logo and the best uniform uh, in TBT. So they're definitely going to be looking great out there against Colorado. Guys, that second-round matchup, let's look at this real quick, though. If Colorado does beat Kim Chi, as we all expect, and then they're matched up against either the Train to Go team or the Broad Street Brawlers, that's going to be a really tough matchup for a 1-8 or a 1-9. I'd love to see uh, Train to Go play Team Colorado because you mentioned you know train to go they've only lost one team overseas elite and you know nothing against Broad Street we watched them in the Jamboree great team but I think train to go just uh, that that gritty mentality uh, and just watching them play Team Colorado who um, you know really more of a, a forward heavy team versus uh you know, it's kind of hard to say for Colorado is more guard heavy, but I think that's where they shine maybe most brightest is with their guard play. I think that'd be a great matchup to see them play train to go. Either would be a great matchup, but um, that'd be dynamic to see. Uh, can train to go, you know, beat a team who lost to overseas elite and, and um, you know, continue that streak going, or uh, do they finally lose to a different team? So either way, it'll be great. But um, yeah, dynamic matchup, like you said, Dan. Jake, what do you, what do you have here going on in the second round? 
uh, past this first round game. Uh, you, you look at you know the Colorado team against a, a, a team like Train to Go. I think you know as Josh has mentioned, uh, a very fantastic matchup. Of, you know of a team that you know has a lot of experience in the NBA versus a team with you know a lot of experience in TBT. Uh, you know, it could be fantastic uh, to see how they play out. And then you look at, you know, potentially with Team 23 uh, going up against Armored Athlete, uh, you know, in a 4-5 or five matchup there. And that could be one of, you know, the better games we've ever seen in TBT with two, you know, very solid teams. You have an Armored Athlete team that has a ton of depth, uh, that is reloaded with some really good players, you know, like Two Holloway and Taylor Battle from Penn State, you know, against a, te- a good team in Team 23, uh, you know, that has sort of used their system and defensive-minded play to sort of overcome uh, you know, there may be a little bit of a lack of talent, you know, compared to some of these other teams. Uh, you know, there's a, a ton of games to look forward to in the first round as well as the second round. You know, that whole weekend at, at Desert Oasis in Las Vegas is really going to be rocking. All right, so that's the 215 game, guys. Uh, Team Colorado versus Kimchi Express. The winner of that game will face the winner of the Train to Go Broad Street Brawlers game. The next game of the day is going to be the 430, I'm sorry, the 4 o'clock matchup between Team Utah, number 7, and number 10, Team Fredette. Again, easily could have flip-flopped, I think, these seeds. I don't think it really matters too much. But what you have here is the 4 o'clock game of Team Utah versus Team Fredette. Uh, Team Utah is a two-time Super 16 qualifier in TBT. Team Fredette is a first-timer in TBT. But, Jake, your thoughts on the quality of the matchup that we have here? Yeah, the battle for the Beehive State. A little uh, in-state rivalry there. Uh, this team, Fredette team, is is going to be a fun to watch, even if Jimmer's going to be standing on the bench. Uh, I'm sure he'll be Anthony to get on the floor, and maybe uh, he can be coerced into playing if uh, the team makes a deep run like they certainly can. Uh, you know, a couple former teammates from BYU in Charles Abu, and uh, most notably Brandon Davies, uh, who's, who spent a little time with the Sixers over the past couple of years, uh, as well as the Brooklyn Nets, who just signed a, a nice pro deal over in Europe, who's going to be playing at a very high level over there. You know, you have Jordan Crawford and Josh Adams, you know, two very exciting guards. Jordan Crawford is a little is fi- only 5'6", uh, so it's a different type of player there, you know, a little stylistically different, while Josh Adams is more of a, you know, heavy scorer, a high flyer. Uh, you know, but a well-put-together team. I, I think that Fredette and his family have, uh, have put together a strong roster that kind of, uh, you know, fits all the needs, everything you really need in, you know, in TBT, a strong guard play, some good wings. Uh, Darrington Hobson, a former second-round pick who spent some time with the uh, – the Milwaukee Bucks, Treshawn Burrell from Memphis is a, a good late addition who spent some time uh, in the D-League last year with the Long Island Nets. Uh, it's a good team, but you can never look, overlook this U- Team Utah squad, who every year, you know, you don't really see any notable names in the roster, uh, but continue to impress and continue to make some deep runs. Uh, GM Sean Green, uh, who's, you know, spent his career basically playing in, uh, in Argentina for the most part, is, is continuing to get these guys ready ready to go every single year, and they've added some, you know, some good guys from outside of Utah as well, uh, and Terrence Drizzen, who spent some time uh, in the D-League with the Golden State Warriors affiliate, uh, as well as Richard Cheney from Troy University as well. It's going to be a great game, and uh, whoever wins this game is basically going to have, uh, you know, hold of the best team in, uh, in Utah. That'll be their new title, basically. Exactly. This is going to be a really interesting matchup. I mean, Utah really succeeded last year uh, on the incredible play of Tim Drizden, who... Um, from what I can see, you seem to be playing the basketball of his life last year, uh, particularly in that game where they beat Gonzaga. Uh, so it's really going to be interesting if they can try to replicate uh, that high level of play uh, without really having competed too much this past year, professionally at least. Uh, a lot of these guys on Team Utah are not no longer playing overseas, but it'll be interesting to see how well they can compete because they've been so successful uh, in TBT in the past. Team Fredette obviously is coached by Jimmer Fredette uh, along with his dad and his brother TJ is an organizer of the event. 
uh, of the team rather, and Dan Britton uh, from upstate New York is also uh, one of the guys that has organized this team. The thing that stood out to me, guys, about this team for debt uh, is really how athletic they are. You know, Josh Adams is almost a freakish athlete, uh, point guard, point to Wyoming, really an outstanding guy. Treshawn Burrell, uh, Jordan Crawford is just an unbelievable little bowling ball of a guy who, by the way, is like apparently best friends with Floyd Mayweather. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in Vegas for that one. Uh, Brandon Davies, who played, I think, didn't he play with um, Team Foe last year, Josh? He did, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got a really solid team, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, to see Team Fredette make a very, very deep run uh, in TBT this year. So that's a 4 o'clock game, guys. Again, if you can't what? make it in person. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. One thing, I just didn't, uh, I've talked to C, uh, TBT founder and CEO John Mugar, and he's told me if he was filling out a bracket, he would pick Team Fredette to come out of the West. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. that's a good, that's an interesting uh, pick there from John. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either uh, to see any of those things happen. But anyways, that's the four o'clock game. If you can't be there in person, you'll see that live on the ESPN app, Team Utah versus Team Fredette. That's the four o'clock Pacific game, three, seven o'clock Eastern time. Uh, in pod four. Now, the winner of that game, that 7-10 matchup, is going to get matched up with our 5-45 game winner, which is number two, Few Good Men, versus number 15, Mostly Sports, Delco. This uh, Few Good Men uh, team, guys, is a second-year TBT participant. Really started off last year as a Gonzaga alumni team. This year, I would say it's probably more of a couple of Gonzaga guys and a lot of friends of Jeremy Pargo. Uh, but anyways, it's a really solid team. And Jeremy and the guys from uh, Gonzaga have really put together a top-notch squad to face that mostly sports team, the number 15 seed. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, you know, you got to love watching Few Good Men play. They're a little bit of a different look team, like you mentioned, Dan Dickow coaching the team now. Um, but you look at guys like Stephen Gray, Mike Hart, um, the Pargo brothers, like you mentioned. Uh, at the end of the day, they're going to probably be too much for a really fun, mostly uh, sports team. It was, you know, some good talent on that team between uh, Jezelowski, who played at St. Joseph's, and Joe Thompson from Rhodes College. Um, and they're a fun team. They have fun with the event. Um, they enjoy playing. They can shoot the three ball, so if that can fall for them, I don't know, maybe they can pull off um, the big upset. But yeah, a few good men, I think they're going to be trying to kind of get together, um, hone their skills a little bit, because again, they are a little bit more of a new look team. Maybe get that chemistry down pat for a potential real tough second round matchup. So it'll be interesting. I think a um, few good men probably has the, the big advantage in this one, but um, they wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me to see them get upset in the second round. Um, you know, two really tough opponents that they could face in that second round. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them get upset there. But, um, you know, this first game will be real important for them to get that chemistry down pat and really kind of figure out how these guys play together and what roles they kind of fill on this team. Yeah, mostly sports has got some older guys. Uh, they got a lot of size. You know, they've got a lot of guys between like 6'4 and 6'8. Uh, they'll probably shoot, I, get, I would think, almost exclusively three-pointers. Uh, either that or layup. So we'll see what happens on that 15-2. to two. But I think looking at Few Good Men, assuming that they do win that first-round matchup, uh, they do have a really a lot of high-level talent on this team, Josh. Uh, Malcolm Thomas from San Diego State really was the subject of a huge recruiting war between a couple of teams there based out of the West Coast. Uh, Kevin Palmer is a guy uh, who has played in TBT in the past and is really a, a dynamic guy from the East Coast. Uh, that is a friend of Jeremy Pargo's. And then you've got Gennaro Pargo making his comeback uh, in TBT as well. It's going to be really interesting to see how this team comes together. Jake. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> leave me hanging there. Yeah, this, no, this two-good men team is uh, is good. And, you know, they kind of just barely meet uh, the description or the, the qualification, I should say, of being an alumni team. Uh, you know, but the, Dan Dickow on the bench, Stephen Gray, a new addition who uh, – 
just won a Gonzaga fan $2,000 by hitting a half-court shot. Congrats to that lucky lady out west. Uh, and then, you know, Kamari Murphy's going to be playing in Summer League. You have Malcolm Thomas also playing in Summer League. There's a chance that this team is a little shorthanded. Or, you know, if they're not shorthanded, they're on the shorter side in terms of height. So, you know, that could open the door for mostly sports Delco to, uh, you know, to maybe make a chance there. You know, I have friends from Delco. Uh, they're good peoples. So I will be, you know, quietly cheering for this, this Delco team to, you know, to pull out, a, you know, a win for, for good old PA. Yeah, this mostly sports team is great because I think all these guys mainly are from the East Coast. They've all moved out to the West Coast and been having a great time out there for the last decade or so. And I know that they're going to play hard. They're going to compete hard. Uh, as I said, they're going to shoot a lot of three-pointers. So we'll see. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that there could be a 15-2 to upset, particularly if a few good men takes mostly sports uh, lightly. Uh, I certainly would not do that. Uh, so that's the 545 game, guys. Uh, again, the winner of that 215 matchup is going to play the winner of Team Utah versus Team Fredette. All right, our 730 game really is going to be another incredible game. This is the 6-11 matchup, uh, which, again, is ridiculous that it's even uh, a 6-11 spread. Team Challenge ALS is the 6th seed. Uh, the Wasatch Front, the Weber State alumni team, is the 11th seed. Uh, these, the story, initially the story here, guys, is probably that you've got Darren Collison, NBA point guard, uh, matched up coaching-wise against Damian Lillard, NBA point guard. But really, it's about the talent on these two teams. Really, a lot of top-notch players playing in this game. Uh, Josh, let's start with your thoughts. Yeah, I, Wasatch Front's a, a popular pick looking at the expert brackets to um, make not only a, an upset here, if you can even call it that, but make a deep run. But, um, you know, Team Challenge ALS, they're playing for a great cause. Pete Frady's been in the news recently. Uh, obviously, we all wish him well. Um, and, and uh, you know, they're playing for, for Pete and for ALS. So they're playing with a cause. And if you listen to the interview with they did with Darren Carlson, they're really kind of passionate about that cause, about uh, helping find a cure for ALS. Unfortunately, there is no right now so they're real passionate about that and then you look at Sean Marshall D boss who um, we've talked about him on the podcast many times and I know Dan a couple of GMs have reached out to you just kind of in awe that he's playing in TBT with the talent that he brings and then you look at um, guys like Deshaun Stevens, Jerry Smith from Louisville. And then they had a huge addition a little bit later, not that late, but a little bit later in the registration uh, process in Casper Ware, who is a guy who, one of those guys who uh, we talk about it with Selby and Marshall Henderson a lot, but everybody knows Casper Ware. He's a big guy um, in the kind of the basketball just community. Everybody knows who uh, he is. So really good team they've put together. But when you look at the Was- Wasatch front, um, I think Scott Banforth is the real big star story there he's been I know one of your favorite players to watch in the West region Dan in TBT real absolute baller and he can put on uh, a show with you know 25 30 points and if he does that with uh, some of the pieces they have around him whether it be Kellen McCoy or Steve um, Panos there they can make a, a deep run and they can life they can make life really tough for you so I'd actually probably go against some of the experts and give ALS the little bit of an advantage here but it's really kind of an even matchup like most of the matchups end up being in TBT. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I mean, I think the the real question, I think, for Wasatch Front is Kellen McCoy, former Big Sky Player of the Year. How much does he play? Uh, he hasn't played in a while. Uh, that being said, seems like one of those Daniel Ruffin-type guys that's going to just be ready to roll and probably is exactly as good, if not better, than he was uh, when he was in his early 20s. Uh, but this Wasatch Front team has got size. They've got organization. Uh, they've got the history of having played together, all under Coach Ray uh, out there in um, 
Weber State in Utah. Uh, Damian Lillard has the star power, certainly as the coach, and he's someone that someone that all these players are going to listen to as well. So I'm really intrigued by this matchup. Uh, that being said, Team Challenge ALS has got a lot of really premium talent. Um, another late pickup that they had, Josh uh, and Jake, was Kevin Pinkney, uh, NBA uh, experience, uh, 6'10 center who's playing over in Israel right now. Really a key uh, guy for them to add. I know Darren Collison is very into this. They've got a couple of my really favorite players in TBT as well. Uh, I probably have too many favorites, but uh, between Larry Gordon, uh, who has played in TBT a couple of times, as well as Sean Marshall, who has also played in TBT uh, two times before, uh, they've got a lot of really talent, talented players in this Team Challenge ALS, and I wouldn't be surprised, frankly, to see either one of these teams make a deep run in TBT. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, a really good matchup uh, between two, you know, hard-fought teams. You got to pull for the team cha- challenge ALS a little bit, just you know, because of what Pete Frades and his family are going through right now. You know, and the and the cause that they are they're trying to support. You know, very easy team to get behind, and you know, a team you could very easily see winning it all. You know, given all their talent, particularly in the backcourt between Casper Ware, uh, D. Bost, especially. Uh, you know, and then you have you know down low Deshaun Stevens, who's played in the D League as well. Pinkney spent some time uh, with the Boston Celtics, is now having a good career overseas. You know, so very good team that's going to be going up against. You know, again, it's going to be a combination of you know players that don't really know each other uh, versus guys who spend a lot of each time with each other uh, at college. You know, led by a guy in Damian Lillard who uh, you know who loves a school, is trying to support a school, and you know do whatever he can. And you know, I imagine he'll come ready with a with a solid game plan to try and propel those guys to victory. Uh, so you no, know, definitely a game to to watch for. And you know, a six eleven matchup. This is you know they really shouldn't be. Either one of those teams should be seated that low, but uh, it, you know it's how the West is, is shaped out, and you know very very deep teams that you know no matter you know who you're facing, you're always going to have stiff competition. Uh, you know, so it, it goes to, to show how how good this field is this year. Yeah, and just by way of background, Sean Marshall obviously was uh, Pete Frady's uh, roommate in college uh, at Boston College, and has organized this team. Uh, to try to raise some money and awareness for ALS. Uh, Freddy's was obviously the inspiration behind the Ice Bucket Challenge a couple of years ago and um, really playing for a great cause there as well. So that's going to be the 7.30 matchup Pacific Time, Team Challenge ALS versus the Wasatch Front. Now, the winner of that game is going to play the winner of the 3.14 matchup, which is the Stickmen, uh, the number three seed versus the number 14 Air Force Bomb Squad. Uh, the Stickmen uh, have an incredible amount of NBA talent, guys, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, it's the really the latest incarnation of Eberline Drive, which is one of the original TBT uh, teams back in 2014. Uh, this team is just really loaded, uh, and they're going to play uh, an Air Force Bomb Squad team that all went to Air Force Academy. They're going to run the Princeton offense, be very well organized. I mean, you would imagine with all their military background that they'll be very disciplined as well. But the thing that's really going to be interesting and I think intriguing for me guys is how well this Stickman team can come together without really existing outside of TBT. And that's always a challenge for um, any team that's going to compete in TBT is how well do your guys know each other, how much do they trust each other, and how well do they come together quickly if they don't know each other very well. And I think that that kind of fits the description of what's going on here with the Stickmen. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, unfortunately, you only play with one basketball on the court at a time. So not enough shots for all these guys to, you know, to get up. And there are so many shot makers in this team. You know, between Joe Alexander and Markel Brown, uh, Cartier Martin, Donald Sloan, who you know, sharpshooter with the Indiana Pacers for so many years, as well as Willie Warren, who you know has made a good career in China. It's going to be tough for all those guys to you know to to feel each other's games out and to really you know be able to you know position themselves well and to to share the ball. And you know when you 
so it's great to have so many high-level players. Obviously, it looks good. It's easy to get support from fans, get more votes, you know, to try and get into TBT. Uh, but at the same time, you almost have to find guys that are, you know, willing to, you know, sort of take a step back and play, you know, a certain role, whether it's being a, more of a defensive menace or a facilitator as opposed to a scorer. And they seem like they've got, you know, eight or nine guys who are, are really, you know, straight-up scorers, which, you know, can be a good team if they're willing to play within each other and within themselves. Uh, you know, maybe these guys are, you know, selfless enough to do that. Uh, you know, but they're going to be going up against an Air Force bomb squad team, you know, that runs, a, you know, a strict Princeton offense that knows their roles. You know, there's not a ton of athletically, you know, skilled guys in that team. There may be a couple. Uh, but otherwise, they're going to be relying mostly on the system uh, to help them beat the stigma as opposed to, you know, really talent alone. Uh, which, you know, it's a great it's a great matchup of, you know, coaching versus, you know, overall talent in general. And, you know, can you be is a team that, you know, that is built, you know, on just, you know, being straight athletes and great shooters, you know, with a very little experience playing together good enough to, you know, beat a team that doesn't necessarily have as much talent, you know, but is playing in a system that they've known for many years and, you know, abide by it very strictly. Josh, Air Force Bomb Squad is a four-time TBT participant. They've either won or played a team very, very close each of the four years that they've played. Is this a potential 14-3 to or upset here? Yes, Dan. I was going to say that. That was me. I don't know if I was going to get crucified for that, but that was my, my upset pick uh, because I think Jake hit the nail on the head when he was talking. I mean— um, First of all, credit to Jacob Hirschman for uh, what he's been able to put together over the past couple of years and, um, well, really the last four years and building to this point to getting all this talent. But I think, I mean, can't you just see, you know, Air Force disciplined guys like Jake mentioned? Um, I think we're all kind of... You know, we love them because they're Air Force guys. They're all really good guys, so that kind of clouds us a little bit. But they're good players for sure, too. But can't you just see them playing within the system um, and really kind of going at a team who, if the stick men, if you miss a couple of shots early on and that chemistry doesn't come natural right away, you know, you don't know how they're going to play from that point forward. I will say the stick men has great coaching, Um and I think that could be a big difference for them. I mean, I David Nurse, I think, is going to end up being one of the best coaches we've ever had in TBT. If you look at his credentials, he was the Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. He's worked with national teams all over the world. He runs camps all over the world with high-level talent. Now he's a consultant for UCLA. So I think um, the good thing for them is they're going to have really disciplined coaching. But I do still think that the bomb squad, um, again, with that, that, that style of play, that Princeton offense – playing within each other. I do think if the stick men have a little bit of trouble early on finding their shots and getting that rhythm together, I do think the bomb squad could go out and jump out to, you know, a 10, 12 point lead. And from there, it's how do, how do the stick men respond? Can they uh, kind of come together as a unit and overcome that? Or do they kind of implode from that point forward? So definitely an upset bid here, Dan. I'm going to go with Air Force because they're Air Force guys. And how can you not kind of respect them and, and what they're doing here in TVT? But, um, you know, if the stick men come together, they're probably the best talent team in the in the whole tournament, so uh, you can't count them out either. So it really could go either way. Yeah, this is really going to be a great one. I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people would probably suspect, uh, given the the probably disproportionate number of professionals on one team <laughs> versus the other. But we'll see what happens. A couple of notes quickly about the stick men. Obviously, you mentioned David Nurse uh, is the coach of that team. Matt Mitchell and Jacob Hirschman have organized this squad now for the third year in a row and really done an awesome job. Uh, they have kind of been, uh, and I say this in the most uh, positive and endearing sort of ways, kind of been like the Forrest Gump of TBT, Matt Mitchell and Jacob Horschman. Every Anything that could have happened in TBT, these guys have done. Uh, Matt organized an alumni team in 2014 uh, with his alma mater. 
2014. Jacob uh, rarely had a participatory team in Eberline Drive that got smoked in that first round uh, matchup against Big Apple Basketball and came back and won. Uh, Jacob has been a subject of a Sports Illustrated profile uh, in 2014. In 2015, they had a successful team merger, which we've seen happen in the past and doesn't often be successful, but for these guys it has. It's now the third year in a row that it's worked. Uh, They've also now uh, upgraded a roster from year one to year two to year three, and now in year four are just really off the charts in terms of the caliber of play that they've put they're going to put on the court and then the other thing that they did this year guys which is really awesome is that they were the recipient of cody thompson our thousand vote fans of thousand votes and cody as you remember is from uh Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He uh, won uh, one of our TBT brackets last year and chose as his prize the ability to make his vote worth a thousand votes. So he voted for the Stickmen, and on the basis of that, this team qualified outright. The talent on this Stickmen roster is through the roof. Shane Lawal won a TBT championship in 2015 with Overseas Elite. Uh, hasn't played in a couple of years for FC Barcelona due to some injury, but from everything I hear, is 100% healthy now and ready to make a great impact on TBT 2017. But you look up and down this roster, guys, and it really is just loaded. You know, you've got everybody from Joe Alexander to Lou Amundsen, Markel Brown, Justin Dentman, the list goes on, Alex Kirk. So this is really going to be an awesome matchup between these three and uh, 14 seeded teams. That's our 9-15 game on Saturday evening Pacific time. All right, guys, that concludes our previews. Uh, after this point, it's going to be all about how teams do on the court. If you want to keep up to date and follow TBT and know everything that's going on with these games on the court, you can obviously catch all of these games live on the Watch ESPN app uh, for the live stream. You can follow us on Twitter at The Tournament, on Facebook, we're facebook.com backslash The Tournament, on Instagram, we're the.tournament for reasons previously disclosed. Uh, you can subscribe to TBT's podcast on Apple Podcasts. Remember that you can do that. Hit that little square button at the bottom. Share this around with all your friends and family. Let them know as much about TBT as you do. We'll be back soon with another edition of the TBT Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to tell your friends and family.